WTLC-AM, W224-DI, Indianapolis. It's time for an important discussion about everything going on here in Indy. It's Community Connection with Tina Cosby on AM 1310. And we're back with Community Connection. Just finished uh, the last hour. James and I uh, talked with uh, State Senator Jim Merritt, GOP challenger for mayor of Indianapolis. Good interview. Very good interview. Lots of calls. We tried to get in as many as we could. So if you didn't get in, I apologize for that. But, um, you know, we were trying to to keep it as concise as we could so as many people could participate as possible. And uh, Senator Merritt um, probably will be back. I'm uh, sure he I'm will. Sure yeah. He will. Yeah, probably be back. So if you didn't get in this time, maybe you'll get a chance to get in next time and and uh, let Ethan know that uh, you called the last time and you weren't able to get in. So we're going to switch gears here uh, because we're going to be talking about student loan debt. Wow. A lot of people uh, can relate. Actually, we need a politician in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we need yeah, a politician the in here. Yeah, yeah, Democratic, yeah. Republican, Independent, you name it, we need them all in here they um, to talk about. And, and joining us now is uh, back by popular demand, Mr. Trevor Meeks from the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership, INHP. Mr. Meeks, thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Yes, indeed. So what are we talking about when we say we're talking about student loan debt? Well, you know, generally speaking, we'd like to, for the listeners to know this, if you're an aspiring home buyer uh, and you have student loan debt, mm-hmm. achieving homeownership is still possible. Uh, what we know about student loan debt, and, and we were just having a, a side conversation, student loan debt has become uh, the, the highest or, or the, the, the most critical debt out there outpacing that of credit cards and even student loans. Yeah. I'm sorry, credit cards and auto loans even, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so what we know is home that... Loans. <laughs> Some of them are big as home loans. It's so. pretty significant debt. It, yeah. It's not unusual for us to see uh, potential home buyers with student loan debt in, in, in excess of six figures, which mm. is pretty significant. Yeah. Uh, but what we, again, want those individuals to know is that you can still achieve homeownership with proper planning and budgeting. And really, what does that look like in terms of the, the long-term sustainability of homeownership? And, and so when, when you hear student loans or you, we see student loans, one of the things that we're advising our clients about is, is understand the repayment terms and how that can impact your personal budget. When it comes to that lending or mortgage loan qualification process, lenders are going to do one of two things. They're either going to uh, project a payment, so if your student loans are in forbearance or if they're in deferment and the payment's not yet due, lenders are going to project what a payment would be. And we call it the 1% rule. So, Mm. you know, basically if you have a student loan debt of X, they're going to calculate 1% of that balance and and include that in what's called the debt-to-income ratio in determining how much mortgage you can afford. Or if you're in some type of repayment plan, you know, the standard student loan plan is about a 10-year term with a fixed rate or an adjustable rate, and you've got a, a payment of X. If that payment is verifiable, they'll use that. Or in some cases, many families are uh, able to qualify for what's called an income contingent or an income-based repayment plan based upon their budget with the student loan services. There are some loan programs that will take that into consideration as well, and others will say, you know what? Since that's based upon an annual recheck of your income, we're going to go worst case scenario that your income may change over time. So we're going to use a projected payment anyway. We just want our clients, our aspiring home buyers, to understand what all that means and how it can impact moving forward with purchasing a home. Yeah, so someone with twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of student loan debt, every penny of that goes against your income to debt ratio, correct? Every, every bit of that, yeah. The monthly and amount the month- does, correct. The monthly oh, not, expense. Uh, not the, okay, so the monthly expense, not necessarily the, the, the total. The total. Debt. Correct, correct. 
Correct. Ah, with, so if you have $80,000 in student loan debt and your monthly payment is $150 a month, you can get a house. You may, depending on what all your other debts are. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see uh-huh, what you're saying. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying, I guess the point being, well, James is frowning there. Yeah, the no, point being is wanna... that $80,000 is not counted as your income to debt ratio. The payment on that 80000 is what's counted as your income to Absolutely debt ratio. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I, I was just wondering what brought this problem up. Are, are, or this problem that you've decided to address, are there people who you think would qualify with your program or with your education of this issue uh, for a homeowner loan if they had certain information? Is that what it is? We, do we have people missing out on money who, who should, you think, be getting it? Um, so what I think that's part of it. More of it's just an education base based upon our experience with our clientele. And so we've just seen the evolution over the past three to five years where that student loan debt has become more prevalent as a part of the client's debt ratio as a part of their desire to become a homeowner. In some cases, it's a deterrent. In other cases, it may not be. Uh, and, and so what we're finding is is really having to educate ourselves on it so that we could better counsel our clients on how this debt is impacting them from a qualification standpoint as well as from a sustainability standpoint. So it's really about information for us and and providing this information to clients so that they can make an informed decision on whether or not now is a good time or how this student loan debt can impact me as it relates to purchasing a home. Well, let's take a look at the housing picture right now. What mm-hmm. what does it look like? Uh, uh, well, we're not in August yeah. now. We're in September, James. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a month along. behind. Yeah. <laughs> we're just sailing gently along. So what what does it look like right well, now? Well, just to you know, speak in very general terms about Marion County. And, and something that we recently did was uh, seek some data from MyBoard. You, you may know MyBoard is mm-hmm. the Metropolitan mm-hmm. Indianapolis Board of Realtors. Realtors right? Yeah, we just quoted yeah. one of their polls. Their yeah. surveys of the, survey, the, the yeah. mayor's race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking yeah. to Senator Mayor. It's not poll survey. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. so we pair with them. We wanted to take a look back over the last five years of homes priced between that seventy five to 140000 price range. And, and we, we earmarked that price range because historically that's the price range where our, our low to moderate income families in Marion County have purchased at. Mm-hmm. And, and what that data showed us is that uh, going back to 2014 to uh, as recent as June of this year, uh, a few things became rather prevalent. One, the number of homes in that price range has significantly dropped by nearly 80%. That's, that's significant. So there are fewer homes in that affordable range available for sale. Conversely, on the other side, during that same time frame, the average sales price has increased by nearly 60%. So let's say the average sales price increased from about 100000 to to nearly 160000 That type of an upward swing is really out, out, outpaced, outpaced earnings growth in our area. So it's really putting pressure on low to moderate income families to buy a home. And if you're a low to moderate income family purchasing home, you're paying significantly more today for the same home five years ago, right? Uh, and not only that, but sales cycles have shortened. So the average time, let's say four or five years ago, was a few months or several months for a home to be on the market. Some of you might may remember that that are listening. Today, it's it's more like a few days to as long as maybe a few weeks at most. So it's a very competitive market, which is unusual mm-hmm. in central Indiana, which is unusual specifically in Marion County. You, you get some of that on the coast, mm-hmm. uh, but all of that really is just adding to stressors, as we like to call it, on low to moderate income families to be able to compete in this market. 
We were talking uh, off off mic too about housing starts, which is basically a new construction of homes. And where are we with that? And, and so one of the, uh, in addition to that data, we had uh, acquired data from Baggy, the, the the Builders Association as well, that more or less said we were underbuilding in Central Indiana to the tune of of nearly a hundred eighty thousand uh, wow. units a year. So. The, the builders feel like there's room for continued growth of new housing starts in this market. And, of course, the challenge always is is land acquisition and being able to, to build those homes. I was going to say, and why so are we forth. underbuilding? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It, it has everything to do with um, price increase, land availability, and then, of course, demand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Um, wow. Oh, James. James is frowning. James is frowning more today than I've seen him frown in a long time. So is is it is it? Uh, well, no, go ahead I, and ask you your question. It, it made me think about when he was talking about the market and how the um, a, the uh, homes that would be available for low income to moderate income people mm-hmm. have diminished the number of homes and where mm-hmm. the homes hundred to one hundred sixty thousand range have increased and we had callers we have callers all the time talking about gentrification yes is it because builders are trying to well of course you know everybody wants to wants to succeed and and you know be able to grow their company is it is it because the builders are making the higher end homes or or the existing home sales are, are they are homes being valued up what, what what's going on there well, you know, you, you use the, the G word, gentrification, and, and we see that mm. a lot or hear that a lot uh, in, in our efforts and through our initiatives in, in the Indianapolis, Marion County area. And it, it has a lot to do with neighborhoods uh, that for years have unfortunately uh, been absent of any financial investment. Uh, and then suddenly there is a collective effort to revitalize the neighborhood and, and you have an infusion of cash and resources to rebuild that neighborhood. And, and ultimately what happens is, home prices start to appreciate because demand goes up. And oftentimes those in the neighborhood aren't able to keep pace or afford to maintain or sustain homes in the area. And so they move out. And so one of the things that we've tried to do in our efforts uh, towards revitalizing neighborhoods is take a very dual approach to addressing development. So we take an approach that I like to call it's development without displacement. And so we aren't going in and bulldozing neighborhoods. What we are trying to do is infill in those neighborhoods where there are vacant and abandoned housings and replace those vacant lots with new housing at affordable prices. In addition to that, uh, we layer that with affordable lending terms, and I'll speak to more of that in a moment. But in addition to offering a new buyers affordable options on new housings in local neighborhoods, we're also pairing that with very affordable options for existing homeowners in the area to repair their home, to help them sustain and maintain their home, okay, you yeah. know, to, to help address that question. It's a very sensitive topic, and everyone has their own definition of what gentrification is, but we understand that if we're going to act in that role, uh, we have to be a community partner. We need to get feedback from that neighborhood, from community th- partners yeah, and so forth. Yeah, I think forth. you all were here last mm-hmm. month or maybe mm-hmm. the month before last, and we had a really good discussion about mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah. that you're partnering, uh, you're one of the partners in one of the uh, initiatives that's out there Correct. regarding gentrification. So, um, so again, how INHP works and what people can expect when they make that first call to INHP. Yeah, and so just to maybe give a little bit of a, a broad perspective of, of who INHP is, 
Um, you know, we've got a, a very wordy mission statement. You know, the, the mission of INHP. Oh, it's almost is, to be a paragraph. It, it is. It, it <laughs> oh, is. it is. It, okay, it is. And but so it's wordy. I'm going to try, I'm try and, and, and do this off a of recall. The mission of INHP is to increase affordable and sustainable housing opportunities for individuals and families, and act as a catalyst for the development and revitalization of neighborhoods. Well, they're pretty close, Tim. And so that's 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 our mission statement. Come on, you can yeah. say it too. Yeah. Tell how close it was. Tim, Tim won't go on. He won't. Not perfect. It was perfect. Okay. So we got some words out of Tim. He yeah. usually won't go on the mic. And, okay. and really, just to paraphrase that, we're about connecting people and place, and we take a very mm-hmm. layered approach toward aligning our programs with that mission statement. And so I, I spoke to very briefly about that supply side of the housing transaction, where we are acting as that developer. We built 29 homes for the first time last year. We're planning to build 40 homes next year, and we've been strategic in in doing this in very targeted neighborhoods such as uh, St. Clair Place, Riverside, Crown Hill, Maplewood and Fall Creek, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Those neighborhoods are teetering on the edge, though. Yeah. Of yeah. Uh, they they mm-hmm. re- aren't they? Jan- I they mean, are. They, yeah, Those yeah. Are so that's that's a tough one. That it is, and and that's where where the research drove us to, to okay. make that infill. Plus, it was a matter of, as I said, reaching out to those neighborhoods and, and saying, "Hey, is this what the neighborhood wants?" Before we come in and, and layer that, but we're also a supporting organization of the mayor's office, and so we try to align our initiatives with the mayor's initiative, so that there's a, a collaborative, comprehensive approach to infusing investment into these neighborhoods. That's on the supply side, on the demand side. So we're about preparing home buyers, right, to become homeowners. And it isn't about helping people just to qualify for a loan. We want families to be prepared to sustain. Stay in the home. Yes. Absolutely. Sustain yeah. homeownership. Yeah. So this is where we get layered in our approach. And and I think, Tina, last time we were on, you may have had my, my colleague, Laurie Jones, on, who talked about uh-huh. our homeownership preparation program. And, and this is where uh, individuals are able to meet with one of our homeownership advisors for a period of up to two years right. to resolve any perceived credit or financial barriers that prevent them from being able to qualify for a loan. Uh, And and so this is where they get that one-on-one coaching, that counseling, as we like to call it, where they'll develop a work plan. Uh, Average families in our program, well, they have up to two years of completing the program in about eight to nine months. Mm -hmm. So they're really the ones driving the experience. We're just helping coach them through it. Yeah. Uh, last year in our program, families on average increased their credit scores by 40 points, uh, which is that, yeah. which is pretty significant. And, and they did it. Mm-hmm. It was free. Yeah. Because there's a lot. Of, well, have you seen those those commercials where increase your credit score by 40 to oh, 50 yeah. points immediately? Send us, you know, blah, blah, blah. So much. Ninety nine. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is this is this does it solid. Yeah, solid. Yeah. 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 And there's no yeah. gimmick. There's no commercial. Somebody's advertising. Believe you me, they're making money. Off yeah, of it. absolutely. Uh, and then in addition to that, we're providing education to the families on the home buying experience, on budgeting, mm-hmm. uh, on credit scoring. So it's a very comprehensive approach, if you will towards preparing families to become homeowners. In addition to that, we can act as a lender ourselves. Let me go back. There's one thing, Lori would kill me if I didn't share this. All of our homeownership advisors are HUD Housing Counseling Certified. That's a huge thing in the housing counseling industry where it's part of an accreditation. It's a certification process, much in the way that lenders have to act. We have to act in that housing counseling realm to get that certification. Okay. So I just want to share that. So you're dealing with subject matter experts when you come to INHP for housing counseling or homeownership advising, as we like to call it. But for those families uh, who are lender-ready or who become lender-ready in our program, 
we have a team of licensed mortgage loan originators. And, and let me clarify this. As a nonprofit, we're not required to have our team be licensed, but we want to offer a higher level of service to the clients we serve. So we require that mm-hmm. of our staff. Um, that's that's part of who we are as an organization. Those loan officers are trained to provide an unbiased opinion to homeowners on what their options are. And this is what differentiates us from a, a typical mortgage lender. We're truly about providing clients access and choice to affordable home loan options. So we have our own internal products that we can offer, and we have 16 different lender partners that we work with who offer very affordable terms uh, for our families as well. Sometimes it's exclusive to our families, meaning if you walk into some of these banks and ask for this product, they're going to tell you go see INHP first and complete their program. They'll connect you to us when when they've identified you're ready and, to go. And the program is quite comprehensive because James has a binder in front of him. <laughs> pages long. Pages long. But it's it's a training process. And, I mean, you, you say for a reason that it's going to take you a little time to get through that. Correct. Uh, not tr- well, yeah, some training. It's it's workshops. It's tra- it's it's everything. It's education, and it's not going to be done in a day or two. No. Uh, but if somebody wants to, uh, let me ask you this: If someone wants to buy a house uh, mm-hmm. by Christmas or by the new year, is it too late to to start working with INHP, or should no. they wait till the first of the year? And I'd say the sooner you start in this market, the better. Uh, only because what we're seeing mm-hmm. is it's taking longer for those who are mortgage ready even to find just find a finding home. A and you know that that influences whether or not you want it because it, it i'm going back and forth back and forth do i want you know i'm just thinking going from a two-story to to a ranch mm-hmm. and i don't really think with a couple of little tweaks here and there that i'd have a problem selling my house i don't know where to go yeah because yeah. everywhere i just i mean and it hasn't changed since i started looking probably in January or February, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are some, but it's just like you were saying, the availability of mm-hmm. what you're looking for and looking to do in ranches apparently are pretty popular and, because and, a lot of folks like those. And probably even fewer options. And so that's fewer what we're options, seeing. Yeah. From our, that goes back to that sales cycle we were talking about. Yeah. If it's price right, if it's in good condition, if it's in a, a favorable market, you put it on the market, it's likely going to sell within a number of days, whereas before that used to be Didn't, several yeah, you months. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And a lot of people <laughs> were upside down, too. I mean, I can remember not too terribly long ago, um, you know, in certain neighborhoods that people just could not move their homes because they were just upside. And then the market uh, corrected and, and, mm-hmm. and improved and shifted, and so people now are, are doing a lot better. So uh, this, this is good news. This is okay. good news for home ownership. This is good news for af- affordable home ownership. Um, it's good news about the opportunity that that continues uh, to exist for affordable home ownership and guidance. Because you talk about step by step, that is very detailed, right there. James, did you read it all? Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm having problems getting through the first ten pages. I'm telling you, yeah, James has quietly been sitting over there leafing through or what have you. So, if people want to find out more and want to get involved and want to get started today. Tell us what uh, where, what they need to do and where they need to go, and Ethan can put it on there. We, we've got it, I think, but yep. let's just do it again. Absolutely. If, if families are interested in, in uh, reaching out to INHP, there are a couple of different ways you can connect with us. One is to, to log on to our website at, at INHP.org, or you could give us a call directly. Our main line is 317-610-4663. Again, that's 317-610-4663. I always love the INHP message because it's so exciting to think that people get to, you know, home ownership. It's exciting. Yeah. And and this makes it possible. So, uh, yeah, we're glad you keep coming in and talking to us about it because this is We're very always important. pleased to be here. Indeed. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you, Trevor. Thank you, Tim. Mm-hmm.
Okay. Awesome, He's awesome. Tim, oh, Tim talked. Okay, he did. So, and we'll be back with more Community Connection. James Patterson right after this.